how do we create pride and how do we protect pride? And then also how how do we understand that pride actually is like so much to do with, you know, how we stand up and pick up after ourselves. When I think of community, I think of collaboration and, and us supporting and coming together, working towards a, a mission of, as it relates to quality of life for the environment. Welcome to Our Shared Field, where we bring artists into conversation with people from outside of the arts. I'm your host, Austin Camille, and welcome to our last episode of the season. During this season, we've brought a sanitation worker into conversation with a printmaker, an ecological artist with a tree planting lawyer, an installation artist and a carpenter, a business owner and a social practice artist, an immunologist with a painter, and today, a sculptor and a block captain share the last conversation. Today, West Philly block captain and civic leader Aminata Sandra Calhoun and Mexico City-based sculptor Anamaya Farthing-Cole talk about the spaces they call home and how to foster pride within a community. After speaking to each guest individually, I noticed a really important thread through both of our conversations about creating spaces of home and belonging. We begin here by talking about the things that, for Aminata and Anamaya, make a place feel like a home. Since I'm back in a home that I grew up in, for me, cleanliness brings about um, an energy that I love that exudes clarity, no matter what uh, space I'm in. If I get it cleaned, then I can see my way through for how I want to design with colors and patterns and antiques and collectibles. Um, I feel color is um, an attraction and it's a healing. Are there any colors in particular that you really love or love working with? Yes. Well, I love all the colors except for gray. I'm I'm (laughs) willing to have an appreciation for gray and black um, because they're just not... They're just not profound. So, uh, but my, my, my colors, but needless to say, um, bluish turquoise. And I love a hot pop and orange. <laughs> so I, I feel that, that color can lift for you, can rejuvenate one. Um, that's the law of my management of self is by way of cleanliness, color, um, art, antiques, and collectibles. That's really nice. I guess, like, to to think about in another way, like, I guess it's still cleanliness and color to me is really important, but I also always think about um, smells. Like, in my house growing up, it was always about lots of smells and a lot of people in the kitchen. So, like, one thing I really like to do is, like, um, I'll make some pizza dough you know, whatever. And I'll be like, Hey, bring some ingredients over. Everybody brings an ingredient and everybody makes their own pizza. So like, I feel like that kind of tension between like smells and then also like, um, and then also like just tension, like people wanting to do different things and like kind of being like, Oh, you think that's a good idea? (laughs) Everything ends up happening. But I like how these like making, like opening up my house, opening up my house to like cooking into many different hands into making decision-making. I guess, like to kind of participate or take over the decision making. So like, you know, I'll just, you know, I'll do the labor and then let other people figure out 
what 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 kind of pizza we want to make. I think that's one way that I think like a lot about making home. I like that aromas and especially when they're pleasant and that, that makes a home feel wholesome, especially in the winter months. Mm, yeah mm-hmm. but even like when i'm making salsa or something and everybody's coughing and like you know i'm like frying some chilies and like i also really like that because we're all like affected by the same thing you know like we're all kind of um you know we have to open the windows and you know some people you know everyone has different different uh, responses to to spice <laughs> but um i just i think like kind of this thing about like taste or like this unseen part of making home like because there is like a really I mean obviously say if you ever come to my house like it's aesthetic and there's definitely like um a co- like a, a series of collections you know it's like um like I really like little little things like mm. well there's a festival in in Bolivia called La Citas and it's like the festival of little things and um you buy all the little things that you want for the year so if you want a new house you buy yourself a little house if you want I don't know a car you buy yourself a little car and you're <laughs> and like it's so funny because like I I always give little presents to people like oh you want this so I, I mean I can't buy you a big washing machine you know but like I can totally find, um, find you a little one so my friend came over last night and he's like wow there's like so, you have really like a lot of tiny tiny things so I feel like I have like a little miniature museum of, of <laughs> tiny objects but mostly it's the unseen for me like the smells mm Yes, I have uh, I have some stones. In fact, um, I wear this one close to me inside my bra. Oh, wow. Uh, suppose, you know, keep you protected and courage of power and whatnot. But but yes, I do. Um, I do keep crystals around my home. Do you wear that crystal every day? I, I keep I keep it. Um, I, I need to. In fact, I need to get um, a necklace part because I do want to wear it wear it as opposed to the shunite I keep inside my bra. <laughs> wow, that's a good place to keep it close to your heart. Yeah. I've like um my dad passed a couple years ago and I have some of his stuff. That's just like you know no one would ever realize it's him, his or even important. But like you know, a pencil, some stuff I found is in his backpack the day he passed and stuff. Um but like, you know, just little things, just little things like that. And I have his knife, his like cooking knife. Mm. A lot of the kitchen utensils that I have here, I've brought slowly from Philadelphia actually um, to to my house. Just to, you know, it's nice to have them. As I told you guys, uh, smells are really important to me. The kitchen space is like a very important space. And, you know, that's one place we shared a lot of time. Mm. For sure. Was he a good cook? I think like more than a good or bad cook, I think he really enjoyed like serving people, if mm. that makes sense. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. making things for other people. Yes. And yeah. like, you know, just like, you know, before he, he like he was in, he was having like some pretty hard times before he died, just like um, psychologically. And he was just like was so excited. He was just, yo, just let me cook for you. Please just let me cook for you. And he's like, and I was like, you don't want any help. And he's like, no, I just want you to sit down and just talk and I'm just gonna do everything. And I was like, okay, whatever you want. You know? <laughs> I I was also curious, um, so you kind of touched on it a little bit, Anamaya, when you're talking about the feeling of like the community within your household and how that is obviously really important to you. And I know for you also, Aminata, you know, community work is also very much at the heart of the work that you're doing. Who do you consider to be your communities? When I think, well, when I think of community, I, I think of um, community in way of 
of collaboration and, and, and us supporting and coming together, working towards a, a mission, a goal, as it relates to quality of life for the environment. And I, I with that, I'm pleased that there are two to three strong arms that's really environmentally conscious that I really appreciate and um, leaning on them for support and for encouragement and motivation. And we're all working towards that golden mission of trying to get out to the larger community consciousness around environment and climate and doing it in ways that are artistic. Which which organizations do you work with or which, like you said you had three or four or maybe more than that, like groups of people. Which um, the uh, Philadelphia Mural Arts Trash Academy, the Philadelphia Mural Arts Climate Justice, and Centennial Parkside Clean and Green um, Ambassadors. Mm. It's a cool name, the Clean and Green Ambassadors. I guess when I think about that too, it's also aligned with like my politics and like my desires for the future. Like really similar to you, Aminata. And yeah, this this year is really, things have really, really shaken within my particular community um, with the pandemic. And um, a lot of it actually has been because of politics and also because of attitudes. Um, it's really, it's it's changing. It's an always ever-changing thing. But I guess for me, it has so much to do with respect, you know, and like how, and to create spaces like, um, trust is so fragile, you know, and feeling safe is so fragile. Like for me, my community or like the people I not like to make community with, like really has a lot to do with like holding space to make the person who is the most vulnerable or feels the most vulnerable um, safe, which is like maybe like really like emotional and like, like, and, um, maybe political in like a very like personal sense. But I've just been realizing like, especially like in the last couple of weeks, just a couple of things have happened and like, like how important it is to like figure out ways to hold space for different experiences and also like different, I mean, you know, something happens and it means something totally different than to the each, each three of us. Like if something were to happen right now, it would mean an entirely different thing. And remembering like our, our pasts, our like intersections, our ways of understanding the world and also um, the ways that we want to create the world just are so, are, are so personal in the end, you know, or even if they're not aligned, like making space also for, for difference and like being okay with how other people understand things. But um, which, which actually is a lot harder when, when the more personal it gets, <laughs> the harder it is to make space for for those differences. Yeah, it um yeah, the 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 way that you're talking about that, it brings up this thought or question that I had, wondering if like because you're both putting such like love and hard work out there with with the work that you're doing, um I find art making and space making to be really courageous acts, and I guess I was wondering if um they're ever nervous about putting the work that you put out there into the world. I never am feeling intimidated or nervous about anything I put out. Mm, that's awesome. That's so cool. Like it or love it. <laughs> yeah, like it or love it. <laughs> There's two options. <laughs> I could care 
less about the negative. Mm, no, that's that's a super courageous and like beautiful place to be in. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to place myself on the like it or love it spectrum. For me, the more personal things, like just you know, things have happened this year that have been pretty tough for me, and um, and you know, bring them on. I guess <laughs> I, mean, I don't have a choice, but I've been feeling very very nervous about sharing and. Like very like, and I also have been realizing like how much my work makes me unbelievably vulnerable. Like part of what I make often is putting myself in a super vulnerable position to like. And I always thought that was like a way of like creating safe spaces, but that being said, I don't know if it protects me in the long term because if it's like if it's like it or love it, then that's perfect. But if it's like like it or or a huge fight, yeah, or just like any other like polarity that could ha- or like love it or hate it or yeah, love it, feel or be, be offended by it, especially the more political things I've been making recently. And like, I mean, which are just so personal. So I don't know. I guess I feel like un- unbelievably intimidated by sharing right now. Maybe at some at one point, don't you guys worry, because at some point I'll be on the like it or love it um, band camp just right now. <laughs> not the easiest. Other way I, I look at it, I what I present, I'm not presenting for public approval. As long as it's, it's not offending or hurting anyone, that's all my principle of like that's such a cool thing because you're like you're also your slogan is like litter, litter, don't be a sitter, you know? So it's like having your politics so clear and then also like your fight for like community environmental justice or environmental protection or or like also neighborhood like when we talked the other day you one thing I really like that you said and I've been thinking about a lot is like like how pride is also an act of self-care I mean you used it in different words but like it was just such a cool thing to hear and like for me like I just thought it was like a really beautiful way of thinking about that and then also to think about that having such a clear parameter of like how you see things and um and then also playing with that right like litter litter don't be a sitter it's like teasing someone the bitter litter don't be a sitter project that anamaya is referring to is something that aminata has been working on for a while now it's an anti-litter campaign aiming to take the form of a series of block parties and posters and cleanup events When they talked on the phone a while back, Aminata and Anamaya were also talking about ways that this anti-litter campaign could lead to a collaboration between them. The bitter litter, don't be a sitter, I purposely hoping and looking at that to give a sting enough to that, to those who are guilty of this bitter litter, don't be a sitter. (laughs) And and, and I, I knew I had, I felt I needed to come with something catchy that would catch the ear, the eye, the mind. Mm-hmm. It would be a little twang or, or, or stepping on one's toes. And that is, that would be the person that's guilty, guilty of the bitter litter. Yeah. Feel offended enough to do something about it. And then I also wonder if we're also guilty about not like protecting pride, like mm-hmm. as a, like a larger thing, like a social way, like how do we create pride and how do we protect pride and then also how how do we understand that pride actually is like so much to do with like how you know how we're not sitters you know how how we stand up and pick up after ourselves i was thinking how we how might we be able to do a collaboration around bitter litter don't be a sitter even if it's a one-day activity 
Well, I guess one thing that I've kind of been thinking about, I mean, not then I'm thinking a little bit about like um, the circulation of money and not because money is something that circulates and we never throw it out. Like, how could you think about the parallel between like recycling and then also and reusing, right? Because it's reduce, reuse, recycle, right? Those are the three R's. Mm. So like, it'd be interesting to think about a way to like consider like these other things. Like how do you make the parallel of like the circulation of plastic or the circulation of plastic, like for plastic bottles or glass bottles, for example, like how do you think, or, or cardboard, like how could you th- rethink about those things that circulate in the relationship to something that we actually like highly value and like <laughs> ridiculous, makes a ridiculous amount of control in our lives with, with those two parallels. Something, um, what you said, you know, in, in our last conversation, when we spoke about the children mm-hmm. and you you discussed the idea of a little, like a comic book that speaks to um, trash, litter, recycling in a fun way with small children. Yeah. And we would, um, like design a fun brochure that would reach, say, elementary school children, maybe junior high school students, too. I thought that was a cool idea. Is that being maybe something we could um, look at as a collaboration? And then what about even, like, graffiti? I don't know how you feel about graffiti politically. I mean, obviously not on a mural. But, like, also thinking about how, just, like, how to make it, like, what I guess one thing that I would like or that I like to think about is like how to make it less like educational in a way that's like um big like you know like top down you know I mean I'm not so good with authority and like what about like graffiti that like talked about like those ideas but they instead of it being in a book it would be like on a wall you know I mean maybe not as formal as a mural Right. But somewhere between a mural and like a tag. That's really spot on, right? That was actually one one of the things I wanted to brainstorm through with you guys um, was something that Aminata and I had talked about, how it's harder and harder, you were saying, Aminata, to bring in younger people to care for their neighborhoods yes. um, and, you know, to become the new Black captains, to lead the Black cleanups. And obviously it's for many reasons, you know, whether it's capacity, access, time, resources, interest. But yeah, I was, I was curious to talk about how do we make space for those people, make it possible, um, make it more interesting or exciting for people to become involved in their communities. You know, and, and with that, from what I'm experiencing and seeing and observing, it's no, it's no one answer. So for me, the only the only thing I know to do is try to do it through, uh, is try to reach them through um, um, art form. Um, trying to reach them through um, offering incentives and educating art form incentives and educating. That's all I can do. Yeah. One, I'm tr- and in fact, I have a program working, getting ready to jump off June 17th called Same Day Pay. Mm. And with the same day pay, I'm, I'm recruiting um, young people, uh, like, you know, youth, like, say, 10th, 12th grade. And what that will encompass is they will clean the community lots and curbsides and what have you one day a week for about four hours 
and they get paid one hundred dollars. Wow, that's pretty good. Wow. So, um, I'm looking at that as a rollout, presenting something to them as an incentive. And each month, I, I I roll it over and get another set of young people, and all the work will be done in the communities that they live in. That's a really cool way of thinking about it. Yes, and the other thing I do and have been doing from day one, leading by example. They see me out cleaning. Um, um, lots and sewers and and uh, leading by example and, and hoping that there's one among that will pick up and want to come forth. If no more, I'm looking for one to say, but Ms. Aminata, can I help you? Can you know? Can I you know? Let me help you. I wonder. I mean, this is never I've never thought about this so much before. But thinking about like um, in communities or something like when we have a party, you know. Everyone cleans up after the party. Like, well, not everyone. But if they're the host of the party, then everybody cleans up, right? So if I wonder if there's a way, like, even if you were to have a party, we're like, okay, we have to clean up before the party because we have to get ready for the party. And then we clean up after the party because we're the hosts, you know? You're right in my head because July the 10th, that's a Saturday. Um, since I live on a um, Belmont Avenue, is a, is a highway, it's a state highway, so you close the street down, you know, um, barricade it off, close it down to have, say, a block party. So um, I'm working on my flyer for Saturday, July the 10th, asking the neighbors, um, let's have a porch pavement block party where everyone comes out food and there are different things. And um, we engage one another, socialize from our porch to our payments. You can, um, let's make it even a little flea market. Each house, if you want to have things that you can uh, bring out that you want to sell, like in a flea market type of um, form. And I'm going to have things out. So, you know, leading by example. And then I was talking to my next door neighbor. We're going in um, half and half on funds to have the mu music for the block. So um, I'm hoping after the um, party's over, then that's going to be my time to say, okay, we have partied all day. You know, we've made trash and whatnot. I will have um, brown trash bags for each household. Sounds perfect. And then if that comes out positive, I have another one leading into Labor Day called um, Back to Jam Time, J-A-M Time. Back to Jam. Cool. <laughs> I feel like there's something about that idea of, of turning it into a party. You're right, Anamaya. That seems to be a really great mentality that most people can get behind, you know? People want to eat and party. Party and eat. Yeah. Well, I don't blame them. I want to eat and party. Party and eat. <laughs> Wait, real quick, what's for dinner? What's for dinner, Aminata? Um, asparagus. Ooh. I, 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 I become a junkie on asparagus. Oh, yeah. Mm. I made a salad of cucumbers, um, sweet tomatoes, and avocado. Mm. Ooh, sounds, sounds good. So sounds like fresh. a great dinner. And for mm. my dessert, I'm having carrot cake. Oh, <gasps> I love carrot cake. I love that dessert. That's really good. <laughs> Well, have a wonderful dinner. Thanks for sharing with us. You've been listening to Our Shared Field. All of our previous episodes can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. You can learn more about the guests and follow their interactions on our website, chat.squarespace.com. 
Music for this episode was created by Philly indie band Lester, who pulls listeners in close with soundscapes that build and unravel. You can listen to more of their work on our website. Again, that's chat.squarespace.com. Thank you so much to the Center for Humanities at Temple University for hosting this podcast and for asking me so many months ago to develop a project that I believed in. Thank you to our technical director, Eric Carbonara of Not A Sound Studio for his incredible audio work despite being in the age of Zoom and for teaching me how to go about this project properly. A huge thank you to all of our guests and musicians who participated in the podcast and for being just as excited about the process of a conversation as I am. And to everyone who supported me during this project, thank you. I could not have done this without your care and love and patience. This podcast is recorded in North Philadelphia on the ancestral lands of the Leni Lenape people, whose presence and resilience in Pennsylvania continues to this day. I'm your host, Austin Camille, and I thank you for listening to Our Shared Field. Working with other people pushes you to take risks. Reaching outside of my own field. Working in a collaborative decenters the individual genius narrative. Learning to listen and how to have civil discourse. We have to think about this in a holistic way. What could be created in the lab? It's truly about building community. I think it's really fascinating when people in different fields come together. There is a lot to benefit from doing something that's outside your comfort zone. The good work doesn't come through solitude. You're never really alone in this process because you need help. It's so much more fun to hear what other people are interested in. When I think of community, I think of collaboration, 